So it it's going to be a literally a fly just landed on my keyboard. I <laughs> every great and death by a million mosquito bites. That's what this life is going to be. Uh, so this is this is a mail it in show. I got some articles I want to cover. It really is work. It really is like I gotta do a podcast because the thing calmed down, schedule calmed down, <clears throat> and I gotta go to my mom and stepdads, not my parents. Mom and stepdads. As a Gen Xer, I I insist on delineating. Ah, uh, my parents. Are they really your parents? Uh, what percentage of the people out there, Americans, actually have their own parents? It's got to be less than a third. Like, in the end, it's got to be less than a third. So I, there's the destination and obligation. I'm like, okay. In between the 40-year anniversary. But Aaron, aren't you 48? Yeah, there you go, Gen X. The math doesn't add up on that in a Ward Cleaver way. I did Geronimo's kindergarten graduation, which was the cutest, most cutest thing ever. I was just like, ah, what a little kid. I mean, all, all these like little five, well, I guess six years old, like singing different songs. <laughs> there are two baseball games. There was going to Snuffy's malt shop. Atham, look it up with the, with the nieces, of course. Then there was Patrick's Bakery. Then when there was the Blue and Green Park, there was three dinners, an 18-year-old's graduate, freaking exhausted, freaking exhausted. <clears throat> and it ain't over. It ain't over. I got to go off into Wisconsin driving more, and I got to set up tables. Keep in mind, I've been going to the gym religiously, getting my cardio in on other days. Keeping up with asshole consulting. And I'm like, I got to fit a podcast in. And so, even though I'm not really on vacation, I'm, even though I'm traveling, you think, oh, would it be fun to travel? No, you'll learn. You'll learn. It's like, okay, we got to wake up. I got to get into the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. To set up shop. I have to do a podcast. And we got to get in and out of the Twin Cities. While avoiding rush hour. Because the self-loathing Scandahoovians of Minnesota just love their traffic. Oh my goodness. We just suffer all the time. We're such good Norwegians and Scandahoovians. And so. You might conclude especially knowing my personality, maybe Cappy has a little bit of an agenda. Maybe he's got a mission. Maybe maybe there's a sense of urgency to get up, get our stuff done. And, and I didn't. I never meant to become my old man, but now I'm getting like these old men, why they were the way they were. It's like, okay, we got we got things to do. We had to install microwave ovens, custom kitchens, and refrigerators. Let, let's go. No, not going to happen. <clears throat> Let me tell you why it's not going to happen. Because as the circumstances are, I am crashing with two middle-aged women, one of which is my girlfriend. And these are conservative, libertarian, hardworking, self-supporting women, some of the very few. But they're still broads. And here I everyone knows the schedule. Everyone knows what's going on. It's not like I kept it a secret, like, and today, surprise, here's our obligations. I get up coffee. We get that, you get your work done. Get them together. They're like a two-component Voltron. And I'm like. Uh, any urgency? Any, like, let, let's go, let's get microwave ovens, custom kitchens, refrigerators? <laughs> and finally, I'm like, okay, now we... And it wasn't that bad. Was it? it was nowhere near as bad as I've seen in other places. But it was 
compared to my ideal world, if it was a bunch of guys, we'd have built a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home with a jacuzzi by now. I, I just watching the kvitching and the coffee and the talking. I'm like, don't you both have jobs? <laughs> I'm thinking we got T two hours before. And I'll tell you this, right? This is why you girls, of, of many reasons, but this is one of the main, like that lack of urgency. This is why you girls aren't ever going to make as much money as men. You won't. Now, if you put in the effort and there are some gals who are like, you know, they got the hustle and they're very more corporate. I am going, even though I, I detest her, I'm sure Cheryl Sandberg had like boom, 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 boom. But man, I just sit there and it's like watching a National Geographic special. The 48-year-old female will talk to the 47-year-old female about nothing in particular, even though there are pressing obligations that would really, like, you would, I mean, here's it, you girls, you wouldn't last a month without, you wouldn't, you wouldn't last a month without men. If this world didn't have, I'm not, that's not like a ha-ha funny war of the sexes, like, you are so irreparably fucked without men. Even the ones of you that got a little bit of hustle. I don't know if it's because you got longer life expectancies. I don't know if it's because you sucked the lifeblood out of men. You think you're going to live forever. And therefore, like, well, we're immortal. Like, it makes sense. Like, what would immortals behave like? I, I They'd behave like American women. We're not going to die. We don't have to do anything. Let's do it. Oh, my goodness. And these are top-notch ones. I can't imagine what's like some fat, bonbon-chewing welfare collecting trailer trash or ghetto trash watching her her uh tiktok video i can't imagine what that's like. i can't imagine but yeah. so finally the showers are taken care of everything's done and here we are um <clears throat> let's go through this this is just me for the lines it's just like I said, I'm not putting any effort in. I don't have like any deep philosophical insights. I got some articles here that I wanted to go in. Um, where did they go? Where did they go? Where did they go? Is this it? Oh, all trails. All trails has gone woke. All trails is an app. A hiking app. A hiking app. And uh, All Trails Adventure with Pride Collection. Now, sit down, everybody, because it's a hiking app. All right? Let's see if you could get this very clever witticism they have here on the shirt. You could buy a shirt called Pride Outside. Ah? Ah? You get it? Yeah? <laughs> and it's pretty flagrant and insulting to the gay community or the not straight community. Cause you could have proud outside. Like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Why is that shirt sent me back? 35 bucks plus shipping. and handling. <laughs> like this is such a flagrant, uh, money grab. All trails. Tell me you don't care about gay people without telling me you don't care about gay people. Like you just view them as, as a money source. And these shirts are kind of crap too. <laughs> It just says pride outside, and there's like a, a little sun with the rainbow flag. It's a crappily drawn, so 36 bucks for a shirt, eh? Nature for all, all for nature. Oh, but that cost you 35 bucks too. <laughs> Dude, all trails, this is crap design. This is horrible. This is bad. And so there we go, all trails, all trails trying to... For for the mentally healthy, not straight people, it's I gotta imagine this is insulting and infuriating to you. Hey, I'm down with you, fellow gay brother. For thirty six bucks, you look at my look at my wares. So that's that's crap. All trails, all trails. Okay, um, here, what's this article? <clears throat> oh, this one. T.J. Martinell sent this to me. If you would. Go to tjmartinell.com. Uh, this is Washington State. And so, I, in fairness, this is a picture of a very well-presented, I'd say attractive, slightly elderly black woman here. 
Report on Washington's Office of Equity Director, Racial Bias, Avengers, and Instructions from God. Oh, this is going to be a lengthier article. Are you ready for tradist drama? And that's what it is, tradist drama. Because when your entire value system, whether it's your individual value system or the mission of your company or employer or your office is for diversity and inclusion, uh, you're inviting mentally ill, lazy people into your into your environs. <clears throat> and it, it goes crazy. You have an insane asylum. You have Arkham Asylum in these institutions where this is the, instead of production, instead of excellence, or instead of a quality product at a quality price, when it's like, let's just bitch and whine about the way we were born. This is what you could expect, and it's drama. Dr. Karen Johnson. First, she's not a real doctor. She has a doctorate in some kind of bullshit liberal arts thing. So let's just call her Karen Johnson. Was let go earlier this month as Washington State's first director of Office of Equity following an internal investigation finding she engaged in inappropriate conduct with employees that included micromanaging. That's not illegal. And inappropriate or insensitive comments that included ethnic remarks. Let's go through this this first paragraph, and I believe one sentence again. There's a lot here. <clears throat> Karen Johnson was let go earlier this month as Washington State's first director of the Office of Equity. So, if you recall, Minneapolis had a similar such situation at the municipal level, where their uh, diversity chief for a completely unnecessary office, was also fired. Uh, and I'm wondering, you know, what were you going to expect? These people are frauds. These are unethical people. They're cheaters. And I would say they've had life on easy mode that you are pre-selecting for people prone to drama and certainly... Certainly a life philosophy of victimhood. So keep in mind the the goal of a victim, it's victim parasite. They're parasites ultimately. But the way they survive is they look for anything that can be construed as oppression or making them a victim. And therefore, they're entitled to your shit. And anytime you try and hire, well, it wasn't Facebook had a diversity hire. She was in charge of, she, by the way, I'm going to point that out, she. She was hired and then let go, and she sued Facebook. This is what happens when you invite vampires into your church. Okay, this is what happens. You're not inviting people who actually give a damn about improving the plight of women, minorities, disadvantaged, whatever. You are inviting victim parasites whose operating system, of which they actually believe, like, like oh my God, a microaggression. Oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. It's like, well, you weren't exactly rounded up and sent to gas chambers. Like someone, someone, I'm trying to think of what would be a, an example of something that was not. Someone uses the word Negro as opposed to African American. And because they're old school and they're from a different time. All right. <laughs> Super hypersonic re. And now you got to deal with this professional victim parasite who's going to immediately go and report that use of the word to whatever authority. And now all the resources that ultimately go into babysitting mentally ill people in a department that's that when it comes not designed for mentally ill people, but it's only going to be staffed by mentally ill people and headed up by mentally ill people. In other words, what I'm saying is victim parasites cannot function as responsible, mature adults. They, they, can't, they can't function as, as productive human beings because their, their operating system is antithetical to being productive. It's to always find victimhood and oppression and insult as a reason to go and extract other resources, including their own departments. This is no different than I, I talked about many times before when I went to the Wisconsin State Fair. They had a lamprey tank, which is a an eel that's a parasite. And they attach themselves to fish and they suck the blood out of fish. And I saw a little lamprey swim and attach itself to a big lamprey that was already attached to a fish. And the big lamprey let go of the fish because it was hurting. And it flew all around or swam all around 
They don't care where they get the blood. They'll cannibalize their own. Including, a, a, you thought this was going to be some nice, happy, kumbaya, diversity and inclusion. They just have their biscuits and biscotti and this espresso. No. It's mentally ill adults, victim parasites, constantly looking for, they, you know, they can't, this doctor, this, I'm not going to call it doctor, Karen Johnson only knows how to be a whiny, complaining bitch. That's it. That's all she knows how to do. And it doesn't matter that the people in her office are politically aligned with her. She's still going to do it. <clears throat> now let's go on. It's still first sentence. Uh, fired earlier this month, Washington State first director of office, following an internal investigation finding she engaged in inappropriate conduct with employees that included micromanaging, regrettable but not exactly unethical, and inappropriate and insensitive comments that included ethnic remarks. Let me ask you guys this. In Washington State, okay, picture it. Go on, come on a journey with me now. We're, we're going to go on a on a field trip to Washington State's Office of Whiny Complaining Bitches. What is it called again? <clears throat> Office of Equity. What do you see? Let's say it's in its own, it has its own building. I see a bunch of women, not exclusively, but mostly, to be perfectly honest. It's just what comes. It looks like an HR department. All right, perhaps maybe uh, uh, not exclusively white, there'd be some minority and all that, but I, I see a predominantly female office. Uh, mostly those overweight, though this woman is actually quite comely. <clears throat> Just a coven of witches sharpening their knives and backstabbing each other. That's what I see. I see War of the Roses. I see uh, ruthless people. I see just a bunch of whining adult crybaby Democrat socialists looking to be who's more aggrieved. Oh, my God, we need a, a commiseration procession or whatever they call a grievance session, whatever they whatever these things is they do. I don't see any work getting done. I don't see any maturity. I don't see any reality. I see just a bunch of, again, victim parasites trying to out-victim parasite the other ones. Again, an insane asylum. And so when I look at these complaints, it's not like this one girl was just some weapons-grade bitch pissing people off. I see just a bunch of self-commiserating, self-victim parasites where if Karen Johnson said something in the most innocent, innocuous thing, like, uh, let's, let's go, uh, I, I can't, it, it doesn't come to me now. She said something completely innocent, but because she is among a den of victim parasites, they all said, oh my God, she microaggressed me. It's the exact same thing that happened to the gal in Minneapolis. I just, you, you cannot have evil people or a den of thieves. So there's no honor among thieves. That's what this ultimately boils down to, except it's not the, the sin is not thievery. It's not theft. It's victimhood parasitism. It's being being like the, the biggest victim. And it's it's not a shock. It's not a shock that whether in the Facebook gal, surprise, she sued you. Surprise. A person whose entire identity is about being a victim turned around and sued you when you let her go, no matter how authentic or Write your word to let her go. And and I don't care. You corporations could keep it. Now, this is a government. They're going to create these completely unnecessary departments and divisions. I mean, you corporations could create diversity and inclusion and H. Go ahead. Do it. See, it's going to bite you in the ass. I, I just want. Why don't you treat people based on the content of character, not the color of the skin or the gender they were born, whatever traits. But you can't. You just can't. And this is what's going to happen. And I'll tell you this right now. I know this is public sector. This is the state of Washington. For all of you listening, especially those of you who are minorities or disadvantaged groups, this is why you don't want to go work for a woke corporation or a woke employer in general. Because let's say you're a black female. You tune into the show. I'm going to assume you're here. You actually tolerate me because you're, a, a, you're an individualist. 
you want to achieve something in your life. You want you're, you're industrious. You 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 have a life. You want to go do something with it. This is not the environment for you to do that. Even to say, oh, we we have a diversity and inclusion. If you're smart, you'd be running the other direction because you know, like, okay, I go there, but I get to work with victim parasites where everybody's blaming everybody else. And it makes corporate America and all employers untenable. I said it before, corporate America was already unacceptable in terms of most employment. Already unacceptable. The nepotism, the cronyism, the good old boys network, the corporate politics, all of it. It was already unacceptable. Now you throw on this insane bullshit where it's like, oh my God, the oppression Olympics. And you have adults, adult children running around always looking to be a victim. No, you will see, mark my words, you're going to see it in your lifetime where large corporations just cannot function anymore because of this mental illness. And this is, this is, the, this is one department in the state of Washington where you have everyone ideologically aligned and they still can't get the shit together. Um, <clears throat> so this, this, is chap, this is paragraph one. While Johnson's last day on the job was May 17th, a May 26th investigation report obtained by the Center Square revealed that an internal investigation had been launched in the fall in response to allegations made by employees working in the Office of Financial Management, the OFM, and the Office of Equity, or the OOE. The investigation involved interviewing more than a dozen witnesses and 2,649 pages of documentation. How much time and resources and money did you guys waste on this? What if you just didn't have an office of equity? What if you just had laws, which you already do have laws on the books, that you don't discriminate against people? I And for those of you who get pissed off, and rightly so, at the lazy and parasitic among us, who go and major in things like diversity and inclusion, justice studies, realize this is like the dream job. This is their lives. Like, this is it. This is as good as it gets. And these people are surrounded by equally inferior, sad, pathetic, sobbing, woe is me, pieces of human scum. Ooh, you're a professional activist. Ooh, you get to hang out with Antifa. That's a fun party. 2,641. <laughs> Could you imagine the company Christmas party or your holiday party, whatever they're going to call it? Could you imagine how boring that would be? Oh my gosh, I'm oppressed because of this. Oh my God, uh, the I saw a white man look at me funny. Oh my God, like there's no intellectual thought. There's no independent-minded thinking. There's no, there's like no goal, no like, yeah, we're working towards this larger goal. All it is is just navel-gazing and feeling who, the worst for yourself. An investigation of a dozen witnesses in 2,649 pages of documentation. <laughs> when you want to go fishing? What, what, anything but this. Investigators then initially interviewed Johnson in February and would have involved further interviews with Johnson, but she declined to participate. I, I'm good for her. I'm inclined to believe Johnson a little bit more because she put herself together. Like it wasn't purple hair. She looks like a very normal woman, which I know it doesn't prove anything, but it's a step in the right direction. But yeah, after, after that, if there was like enough chaos, if there was enough circus, if there was enough mentally ill people in the asylum, I'd be like, no, I'm done. Quote, if this decision means that by default, what has been said about me stands as fact, so be it. She wrote in a letter to the law firm hired to conduct the investigation. I must keep a clear conscience by not participating in this triangulating behavior. One of my non-negotiables. My truth. Oh, here we go. My truth is that I am more than willing to make myself available to meet with you and the persons bringing the allegations and concerns as is my custom. Seeking reconciliation is more important to me than seeking to prove who is right. My destiny depends on this decision and destiny demands that I move forward. I mean, I, it is a, a mature thing she said there, but it's like language used by 13-year-old girls. 
I'm still trying to figure out, okay, she's micromanaging. And, and so far you said, you said she said some hurtful things. She said disparaging things. And this requires a 2,600 page response that makes, I don't know, frontline news at the local newspaper. Is this the world you guys want to live in? This is the world you get to live in when you start putting your, your traits you were born with, number one. You get to live with other people who put their traits that they were born with as number one, and they absolutely love themselves more than you. <clears throat> there is no sisterhood. There is no brotherhood. There is no um, uh, uh, allegiance among uh, various genders or, or sexual preference. There is none. There is no honor among thieves. And that's what you're dealing with here. This just sounds like a nightmare. Just sounds like an absolute nightmare. I, I, I guarantee you, in in parties and passing and locker rooms, I've said probably way worse things than this woman ever said in probably brotherly jest. And this gets this woman in trouble and an investigation and all this drama. And and let's point out some women, okay, disproportionately. You guys want to head up. You want to lead the world. Can you imagine if women got in charge of the electric grid? Like the amount of, oh, my feelings were hurt. Ooh, they said some, the linemen said some disparaging things about me. They wolf whistled, shut down the grid. We got to do a 2,600 page investigation. <clears throat> I, all I'm saying, I don't see what the big sin is that she did here. No one said like she grabbed the guy's crotch. Okay, that would be a little. Uh, the report noted that the uh, Office of Equity experienced a turnover rate of 29% and that every person who resigned attributed the decision to leave, at least in part, to a chaotic, overburdened, disrespectful work culture created by Dr. Johnson. Okay, uh, that's not that high, 29%. I've seen banks with worse. And you guys are the employees who are equal whiny, bitchy little parasites who go and work for such a department, right? So you forgive me if I believe you're a bunch of drama queens. You know, I guess I'm kind of coming to Dr. Johnson's defense here a little bit. But more so to show you just what a nightmare this is. <clears throat> and, and, you know, chaotic, overburdened, and disrespectful workplace culture. These are not sins. It just sounds like preferences. And it does sound like, to, I mean, if you got the victim parasite mentality, that's exactly what a victim parasite would say when you're expected to work. Given the agency's mission and Dr. Johnson's inspirational, motivational speaking style, many employees expected to work in a more open and collaborative environment, the report stated. Instead, witnesses described a command and control work environment with all decisions of any consequence requiring Dr. Johnson's Direct approval. All right, so <clears throat> she was a uh, that type of manager. I maybe you don't like that managerial style, but still, this is not she. She has committed no sin, or you have not brought a sin against. Like, oh yeah, she needed to be fired. Uh, further, individuals describe a work culture in which they were expected to work long hours. Oh no, working long hours including early mornings, evenings, and weekends, even if it interfered with family time or worsened their health. Uh, some of the specific allegations. Okay, here we go. Dr. Johnson accusing certain OFM employees of being paternalistic during a meeting, then getting infuriated and telling your staff to log off the meeting when Chief Financial Officer David Schumacher, ooh, a white guy, indicated that she did not know what the term meant and that the dictionary, dictionary definition was read. Okay, maybe she does sound like a, a weapons grade Kuantahaha. A woman being told she could not have her hair braided because it was cultural appropriation. <laughs> Did I? Oh, Aaron, you're a little hard on women. Only women would bitch about this shit. I, I, I want to see you women. I'd love to see you run an electric grid. I'd love to see you. You can't even run an office of equity. Uh, Dr. Johnson alluding to employees that she received messages from God and telling specific people that God had instructed her to hire them and that they would be disappointing God by not accepting the role 
again, to my female and minority listeners, do you want to work in this environment? OMG, you got a black hoo-ha? Come work for us. No, not if you're on my team, sister. You, you know, you don't want to work for this place. You understand? Well, I'm like, hey, everyone become a CPA or an engineer or a truck driver. Dr. Johnson, who is black, telling a Mexican employee that this may take some time for me because I'm generally, I generally distrust Mexican people. <laughs> oh, Mexican people have the option of being white when it's convenient for them. You see the insane look. You're all insane. You're you're all insane in the membrane. I I love it that this is your world. You people won. You got stupid, dumbass white people in Washington State, more so Seattle and Tacoma and Olympia, to give you funding to, to fund your little insane asylum here. And you you left this nonprofit, the diversity and inclusion majors. You you got you got it. You got your dream, and you still fumbled it. You still can't be happy. It's a mental disorder, this victim parasite thing where everything is oppression and, oh, my God, everything's about rape. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'd ever have. Like, Atham comes walking in. I don't know him, let's just say. Well, you know, generally, I, well, I would never, I would not have the compunction to, with unsolicited requests, you know, I generally don't trust Mexicans to tend my yard. So it might take some time. I'm like, hey, what do you work for? How many? How much per hour? Okay, here you go. I don't want to do it. <clears throat> These are, it's not adult children. They're mentally ill adults. They're petulant adult, mentally ill victim parasites. Life is too short to work with these people. Way too short. Could you imagine being married to this, these people? In her February 18th interview with the law firm, Dr. Johnson spent a third of that time describing her professional background, including guiding Bible versus leadership training and working with veterans. Yeah, but not accounting. She also compared her team to the Avengers operating out of vibranium to bring equity and justice to the world, alluding to fictional mineral from the Marvel comic book series. Dr. Johnson argued in the interview that the staff, she was, okay, she's loopy, but staff operate like they needed a boss to tell them what to do. They could not operate at the speed of trust with character and competence. So this Johnson gal, she looks to be about mid-50s. Let's for a practical warning for my normal sane listeners, what do you think it's like being this woman, 50-odd years old? I mean, your youth is gone. Now, she is a, a, a very well-kept 50-odd-year-old woman, but it's over. Your entire life has been mired in, woe is me, I'm a black woman. All right? You're miserable, you're pissed off, you constantly think you're a victim, you're looking for, and you're mentally, I mean, if half, I mean, a lot of this could have been taken out of context, but you're mentally off. And now you got, it ain't going to get better. It ain't going to get better. There's no going back. There's no like, oh, I'm 50 odd years old. Maybe I ought to, re you know, your neuroplasticity isn't there. There's no reprogramming or operating system. You got to take this to the grave and that will be her life. That will be her life. <clears throat> I there's so much other stuff to do. So much other stuff to do in life. I'd rather honestly, I'd rather just be an Uber driver or a truck driver. And I and and again, going down the female route, I hope all you strong, independent women who major in this kind of shit get your dream job. I hope you become Directors of diversity and inclusion and equity and and the hating of the white man who's straight. He's got to be straight. Can't be, can't be a gay white man. No, nope, going to be the straight white. I, I hope that you are just so well rewarded in your career of insanity. 
uh, argued in the interview that the staff she was given did not have the skills set needed to operate with emotional maturity. Well, yeah, because they're all like you. Her staff operated like they needed a bump. I've already read that. According to the summary made by investigators, I'm still trying to figure out what the investigation was about of her interview. Johnson's family members consist of the Office of Financial Management, the Office of the Governor, and Johnson's staff with half of her family. She felt unheard, left out of the loop, and set up to fail. Information was being withheld. The other half of the family exercised their privilege to help her. Ultimately, the investigators concluded what? What did you conclude? That she micromanaged staff and made unreasonable requests, as well as made inappropriate or offensive comments. The OOE was created in 2020. Uh, For you leftist ladies out there, if this is your idea of leadership and production, if this is what you're going to pull off, get the fuck out of here. I, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be the first to starve in your little glorious communist empire. <clears throat> so there's that. Uh, we already talked about the BLM gal who passed up on a multi-million dollar thing. Uh, TechCrunch. Uh, I guess. Hang on. Before I go to that. Let's go do our sponsors quickly. I guess we should do sponsors. Sponsors. Turd Flinging Monkey, The Way of Monkey Book. Please get that. No, that's not it. Did I? Oh, I moved things around. You're never supposed to move. Desktop crap. I got a folder called Desktop Crap. I recommend you all get something called Desktop Crap. Um... Should be good morning, Corona Chan. Uh, good morning, Corona Chan. I'm going to put that back out over here. That way I can, it's right there. Uh, welcome to the Divide by SP Daily. Get that book, academiccomposition.com. Go to academiccomposition.com where Alex and his crack team of writing staff will write your college papers for you. Pushing Rubber Downhill, the book and the website and the podcast by Adam Pickett. Pushing Rubber Downhill is an absolute mandatory read for all men. Ladies, I'd have you read it. Be be like, why is he driving across Australia on a rickety crotch rocket? I don't get it. When is when does it go about a girl falling in love with a, a billionaire oil tycoon who's a communist? Even though it's contradictory. Tipping the Odds Vegas podcast. Te- check out Tipping the Odds in Vegas. Uh, podcast, Dr. Ken and Mitch, uh, Kevin, sorry, Dr. Kevin and Mitch, uh, if you just wanted to hear two old guys, Kavich, Red Evening with Jack Napier, Seth Himes, InDemandCareer.com, Day-by-Day Cartoon with Chris Muir, and Financial Survival Network with Carrie Lutz. Why am I feeling I'm missing something else? Um, duh. That's good enough. That's good enough. That's good enough. All right. We got any super chats. Let's go to the super chats. Stay in the milkman. Two Australian dollars. Nobody wants to work in the wheat fields. I, I know, but working in the wheat fields would be better. This is just me working and banging. Banking. This is banking. Predominantly white dudes. Okay. True. Or white people, I guess. I did have some female. I, I'd rather work in the, the wheat fields. And I think a lot of young men and some women are like, no, screw it. I'm going to be a truck driver. I'm going to do something else. I'll do manual labor. I'll work it for the railroads. Because you would think white-collar work would be easier, and it is, just moving a mouse and the keyboard. <clears throat> but there's almost this law of humanity where if there's any gain, dickless wonder fucknuts need to come in and ruin it to bring it on par with hard manual labor. Like if you ask me right now, Aaron, what would you rather do? Put in another retaining wall, which is hard labor. That's hard labor. That's not medium or light labor. That's hard labor. Or go work in banking. I'd rather do retaining walls. Because the mental price you pay working a white collar office, no matter what field it is, it's like they just can't let people work. Right? Look, look at the backlash. These boomer cocksuckers like, we need you all back in the office. 
No. And I'm sure for those of you who work white collar office jobs, you got an unlimited amount of stories of just pure, pure stupid fuckery. And now a whole new level of a layer of, of shit icing is on this crap cake in the form of diversity and inclusion where it, it, you just think, no, it's not worth it. It isn't. It isn't. You're like, why can't, why can't you just make it? We come in, we do our job, we're happy, and we're done, and we go home. Nope, can't, nope. You need to get, it starts with the education. You need to get a master's degree. Well, now we have an interview, four-stage interview process. Any company says, well, it's a three-stage, we enter, you have three different interviews with panels. Get the fuck out of here. Bye. And so what, when they make it that insane mentally, Oh, I'd rather work in the wheat fields. I'd rather be a farmer and toiled in fields than talk to Shaniqua over at the Office of Equity in self-loathing Washington. Absolutely not. You guys go have fun in equity. Oh, you have you be a professor of feminist studies. You have fun with that. I ain't doing that. I'm sitting on that damn panel. I'm sitting in a meeting. And y'all will be happier. You will. I'm going to build my own house. No. In building my own house, I saved myself $400,000. And I'm going to work, you know, like Lester Burnham in American Beauty. I want a job with the least amount of responsibility. He was happy. And now what? We got black lesbian vaginas shoved down our throats on any white collar job because we got to do diversity and inclusion. Bye. Bye. Why can't we find people? What do you mean the electricity doesn't run? Ask Bucket, 62, five bucks. Star Tribune, Trib, Minneapolis floats new vision for Nicollet Mall. No buses. What? No buses. <clears throat> Looser liquor rules. A group of advisors put forth ideas for revamping retail scene. Uh, here, I'm, I'm going to just say it. How about you get rid of crime and stop hating Republicans? How about you do that? Just just something like it's not descriptive enough to say stop hating suburb people or white people. It's not that. It's just stop hating um, uh, Republicans. Like stop being such a despicable uh, 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 radical left wing version of the Democrat Party. I mean, the whole especially. Minneapolis politicians, their whole thing is defining themselves as not being other people. Like, we're not those despicable, racist, white people, Republicans in the suburbs. Well, don't be surprised when those despicable, white people, Republican suburb people don't come down. Then there's crime. And then I know it's not sexy, but then did you make parking easier? We just read an article like a while ago where they they got, what, 2,000 events this summer, two and a half and three a day. And there's free parking in one parking ramp located blocks away from any of the events. You still get, <clears throat> you want people to come down. Oh, and your light rail is filled with people pissing in the light rail. Okay, so you got that. And there's crime that happens on the light rail. So that's that's off. That's off. You know, we can't do that. Most people you want out of the city got a car, but you're going to give them parking tickets when they show up. Get the fuck out of here. Just get the fuck out of here. So I'd love whatever, whatever. What what would really be good is you're like, we increase cop presence by 300%. And we're going to stop telling you that you're the reason everything fails in our town. And stop being so hate-filled of the people you want to come that you want to go there. But you know, and then also I'd recommend you have some stuff to come to, but you that was like 20, 25 years ago before there was anything like really worth going down. I know. I don't know what, I don't know what you do in downtown Minneapolis. <clears throat> I really don't. I should look that up. Uh, Oh, David Barnett, uh, businessbuyeradvantage.com. Go talk to David before, before you buy or sell a business. Great work on the new gym bod cappy hard work pays off. Yeah. Thanks Dave. Dave lost a lot of weight. Dave hit the gym. I want to see the star tribune Minneapolis. Nicolette 
Advisors, no buses, Minneapolis. New ideas from Minneapolis Nicollet Mall. <clears throat> and I'll probably put it behind a paywall. Is it behind a paywall? Uh, imagine a Nicollet Mall where pedestrians are free to roam past shops and restaurants. Well, it is. They are. Ever since they've been there, cars couldn't go down Nicollet Malls, only buses. Without having to contend with city buses. Oh, and the number of them have drinks in hand. That's a future may of Jacob Fry. You look at that guy. That guy was not invited to frat parties. Task force proposed Tuesday with the mayor saying the time is right to bring new life to downtown Minneapolis. Stop hating Republicans. Just stop it. Through one of the city's most famous through fairs, the report from the vibrant downtown storefronts work group. And by that, they mean there ain't no tenants in the storefronts. So you remember how they put like a, they put a wallpaper up on a vacant commercial place to make it look like it's occupied. Guarantee you go down Nicollet. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should go walk down because you can't drive down Nicollet Mall. See what's down there. Uh, presented outside the Dayton's project said the city should envision Nicollet Mall as a pedestrian-only zone and explore alternative options for transit service elsewhere throughout downtown, meaning that at least initially buses would no longer run on the street. <sighs> the task force also said the city's intergovernmental relations team should lobby the state to loosen liquor laws <laughs> Around temporary outdoor uses, explore legislation to allow open containers on Nicollet Mall during events, and lighten up on the signage restrictions that essentially prohibits businesses from making the mall look like anything like Times Square. Like for many administrations for decades before, they have obviously overregulated small little businesses. I'm sure they made fees. And made it impossible for small businesses to start. I can't imagine what it's like to get a liquor license. It's too late. This is like you're the husband who got fat on your wife, had an affair, contracted AIDS, gave it to your wife, beat her regularly, and now you're like, well, I'll take you out to McDonald's. It's it's too little too late, Minneapolis. You you, you just you're you're a despicable community. You're a despicable community, and people who have self-respect are not going to go there. Uh, that vision piggybacks on the vibrancy in places like the adjacent, adjacent North, Loop, North Loop neighborhood. It's not vibrant, where shops and restaurants overflow and parking is often difficult to find. Hmm. This is really an important point in time, said Frey. Conjuring the image of the bustling walking streets that have been de become destinations in many cities. We have the opportunity to be on the cutting edge to change the trajectory of where our downtown is going. And we don't want to take anything off the table here. <clears throat> the effort comes at a critical time for downtown Minneapolis, which for years has struggled to attract and retain retailers. Stores like Macy's, formerly Dayton's, Neiman Marcus, Barnes & Noble, and more recently Nordstrom Rack and Marshall's have been shuttered. Retail observers blame a lot of the change on a decades-ago shift in shopping preferences away from downtown to sprawling suburban shopping malls with free parking. Free parking! I know it's not sexy. I know it's not as sexy as uh, they hate suburb people and Republicans. I know it's not. I know it's not as sexy as crime, but that's what decades ago, at least fifteen years ago, they made it. You got you. One day you weren't getting parking tickets. The next day you were, and the next day you couldn't find parking. And you're like, oh, I guess we're not going here. And then, oh my God, those evil suburb people with their parking lots right out in front with free parking. But the pandemic and civil unrest after the police murder, no. Okay, Star Tribune, manslaughter. The police manslaughter of George Floyd only exacerbated downtown Minneapolis's situation. Restaurants shut down. You burned 
your buildings and riot it. It, it wasn't like, poof, the restaurant shut down. As did music and sports venues. Oh, that's another thing. Like when comedians, like I believe it was Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr wanted to perform in downtown Minneapolis, their venues, I think it was First Avenue, wouldn't have them because they weren't woke enough. Just keep being pricks. Keep being pricks. Communist little small dick pricks. And the stores closed shop or limited their hours. The numbers of workers who have returned to their downtown offices have grown significantly since the start of the pandemic, but sidewalks and skyways are still far from the pre-COVID levels. The days of Nicollet Mall serving as a regional shopping destination with multiple department stores are long gone, <clears throat> the group said in the report. Retail trends continue to challenge brick-and-mortar businesses and have taken a toll on the remaining retails. That's true. That's true, too. Uh, Dana Swindler. Hang on, let me scroll down. A North Loop retailer and task force member said the effort to make Nicollet Mall more pedestrian is a good first step. But it's going to look if it takes you guys anywhere near as long to get that train. They got a new choo choo train in Minneapolis. Uh, it's five years over date and four times over budget. But it's not going to happen overnight, he said, recalling the slow but steady evolution of the once derelict North Loop. Bob Greenberg, who had owned the Young Quinlan building at South 9th Street and Nicollet Avenue for nearly 40 years and participated in previous mall committees, isn't a fan of the recommendations. For the mall to attract retailers, he said, it should be open to not only buses but also cars so that there are no challenges for people who want to shop and eat there. If I had a magic wand, I would put cars back on the mall, he said. Oh, but cars are evil, sir. Uh, things like parking and street access. I could throw the switch right here. It can't be done here. It's got to be from downtown. <sighs> and bring use and bring activity to the area are hugely important. At the same time, he said that doesn't prevent the city from closing the mall from time to time to host events. Swindler and other business owners cited a litany of challenges in recent years for the mall, including a multi-year construction rebuild. Others are regulatory, so the work group suggests reevaluating licensing and zoning guidelines to allow for different types of businesses. It also suggests that the city should understand how to better meet the needs of residents like Diane Fishman, who has lived in an apartment just a block off the mall for several years. She doesn't own a car but can walk to Target, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods. And she can even have Costco delivered. But what she really misses are places to eat and gather with friends. She's especially excited about the prospect of being able to dine out like she does at Zillow on the mall without having to hear and smell buses. <laughs> we don't want buses. They smell bad. She's especially, uh, I'm a fan of the plan because I think bars and restaurants are the only kind of retail you have on Nicollet Mall, she said. I mean, in similar areas of cities like Nashville and Kansas have thrived. <clears throat> For some of these plans, the task force recommended the mayor should include in his budget an investment of $75,000 in the back half of this year, which the Minneapolis Downtown Council slash Downtown Improvement District would match. In 2024, the test suggested the city's investment reached $750,000. Last December, Fry announced the formation of a, God, they just, of a task force. We need to set up task forces and hold meetings. Never do anything. Just a task force. The work group's recommendations go to the mayor, who will ultimately decide which suggestions to pursue. While the city council wouldn't vote on the recommendations, some might need council approval for full installation. Some are forecasted to even be implemented in the year 2173. I added, that's a joke. That's a joke. In the short term, the mayor said proportions of the street could close to buses for a week or two at a time as an experiment. We're going to hit the ground running. The first two, par the two previous paragraphs of that was absolutely not hit the ground running. It was, we're going to have a meeting about having a proposition about theoretically having a, an evaluation about holding another meeting to maybe do something. We're going to hit the ground running, Fry said. We're going to quickly move towards implementing. <laughs> Here you go. 
Minnesotans in charge. All right. That was they, thanks for letting me look that up. That was that was good. Oh, let me take a look at the other article. This is from TechCrunch. TechCrunch. I gotta clear out all the rest of these. <clears throat> I'm gonna get myself pride outside shirt. That's that was a really cool shirt there. Daylight, the LGBTQ neobank calls it quits. Okay. Well, oh, let me get rid of this. Sorry. Um, going back before, look, if the number one thing about you is the way you were born, you're a worthless human being. I would never set up any kind of business again. It's the brown-eyed white guy business. You have to have with brown-eyed white guy pride. It is so absurdly stupid. Uh, but this this bank, well, I'll just read it. Daylight, the LGBTQ neobank. Wow, that's a huge market. 5% the population max. Daylight, an LGBTQ plus banking platform, is shutting down. Its operations will cease on June 30th, according to the embattled co-founder and CEO, Rob Curtis. The announcement comes months after New York Magazine published an explosive feature on the Neobank. Neobank. Neo, do I, I, what's a Neobank? What board unemployed journal came up with that? A Neobank. The article honed in on Daylight, whose seed and Series A fundraises. Anytime you hear a series raise, that means they're not making money and they need more money because they don't have a profitable business. Anytime you hear venture capital, anytime you have raising money, anytime you hear Series A, B, C, D, or F, that is a company that does not make money. Uh, Fundraises. TechCrunch had covered here and here, respectively. New York Meg's piece detailed a lawsuit. But you're not mentally healthy and you're not an adult if all you got is traits you were born with or claim to have, especially if you have the victim parasite mentality. Here it is. New York Magazine's piece detailed the lawsuit brought on by three former employees as well as alleged fabrications and inappropriate behavior on the part of Curtis. You can't do business with these people. I don't mean these people. I mean victim parasites who abuse different groups of people and hide under their banner. Oh my God, I'm black and you discriminate. Oh my God, I'm LGBTQ. No, you're a straight person just victim whoring. That's what you are. And you're, you're ruining the reputation of actually legitimate LGBTQ plus people. <clears throat> In a blog published today, Curtis said he felt like now is the right time to exit this market. Until now, now you should never, the right time to exit the market was not even going in in the first place, Mr. Needing Series of Fundraises. It told customers that their money is safe and will be fully accessible for the transfer through June 30th. He added, Daylight had a great run. No, you didn't have a great run. You had an absolute, the worst run you could have. You didn't make any profit and you went through Lord knows how much of investors' money. Had a great run paving the way for U.S. LGBTQ customers because they're not catered to at all. We opened thousands of trans-inclusive debit accounts, supported thousands of prospective LGBTQ parents' plans for their families. And the rest of us don't? Really? Uh, Ultimately, though, we couldn't provide these services in a way that covered our costs. This is likely a job for big banks, and I hope they pick up the torch and carry forward our life. They were! Look, you walk in, uh, Wells Fargo or Bank of America, they're not like, oh my God, you can't be here because you're gay. They're like, here you are. You got you got that green stuff? Come on in. Founded in 2020. Wow. Wow, buddy. Two and a half, three years, huh? Daylight raised a total of $20 million in funding. Anthemus Group 
headed by a bunch of dumbass fuckwits, led its 15 million Series A in 2022. Other, who's this? Anthemus? Who's the Anthemus group? Anthemus targets 200 million of new fund after layoffs and canceled. (laughs) I got to look up Anthemus. Like, what a bunch of douchebags head up that one. Oh, oh. Other backers include Capper Capital, Precursor Capital, Clock Tark Financial Venture Studio, and City. City Group, huh? What? You don't you don't help out the non-straight people? Like, is it not available? I'm pretty sure City Group allows non-straight people to bank. Soon after covering the shocking alleg is shocking. Are they shocking? Shocking. The company reached out to TechCrunch. With a statement from Curtis, who struck back at former employees. Essentially, Curtis said the company regretted that some former employees felt disappointed that the company would not go beyond the scope of its mission and invest its resources in addressing systematic societal issues affecting LGBTQ people. It's a money grab. That's what it, those weren't real gay people. Those were first victim whores, first and foremost, abusing the uh, banner or trait of LGBTQ to get preferential treatment. And I would say to give their worthless, meaningless lives value. And I would almost bet uh, Dick to Donuts, they're not, I I would bet Dick to Donuts they're straight and they're faking being not straight. I mean, that's an accusation. Whoa, don't 20% of Zoomers identify as not straight? Don't you be fucking telling me that they, oh yeah, 20% were just gay or not straight this entire time. No, it's a bunch of worthless attention whores. I know I'm not, I'm not gay, but if I were part of the gay community, not straight community, this would piss me off the number of posers trying to get into your community and consequently ruining your reputation. Uh... He added, we're equally sad that we could not meet the personal expectations of startup culture and continue to wish them the best in the future. The former employees allege age and wage discrimination, whistleblower retaliation, and fraud. For example, Terrence Knox, who is black, claimed to have made 85000 less than his white peers. Yeah! Sure you did, buddy. Right. It's not that you're just a whiny little quanta haha, was it? The lawsuit also alleges that Curtis made up a projection that daylight would process 500 million in transactions by the end of 2023. So he made a forecast that didn't come true. What? These are the people you're hiring. These are the people you're creating in the public schools. They cannot function as adults. A CEO makes a, every CEO has to make a forecast and all of them are wrong. Like, you don't get it down to the penny. It's going to be higher or lower than it actually is. And the fact it doesn't become true, that's a suable offense. At the time of its seed raise, the company said its products were designed to promote financial equality and inclusion for the estimated 30 million plus Americans who identify as LGBTQ+. Startup also planned to build out an LGBTQ business marketplace on a platform that offered discounts and rewards when members shop at merchants whose actions support the queer community. That's what happens. Have fun building your businesses on traits. Good, good going all trails like pride outside. Holy shit, that's gonna help the, the not straight community. Could you just make quality products at a good price? Here's a shit product that doesn't work, but we put a flag on it. Give us your money, gay people, and and suffer a lower standard of living as a consequence. All right, there we go. Let's go to the Super Chats if we have any more. Let's call it a day. Causal Kraken, 10 stars. I put my two weeks in and got walked out today. (laughs) The old... You can't quit on us. We'll fire you. They called me an H in. They called me in HR later because someone got stabbed at the. Got stabbed at new hire, and want me back in my safety job. My bookkeeping business makes three k a month now. 
talk to you later, T.Y. What's T.Y.? Put my two weeks in and got walked out today. They called me an hour later. Okay, not HR. Because someone got stabbed at, at New Hire and want me back at my city. No. No. They walked you out? I mean, I know that's kind of standard procedure now. They walked you out? Oh, I told them a big fuck off and eat a bag of dicks. I'd say, yeah, you're paying me $10,000 for that one shift. Not refundable. <clears throat> oh, my God. What a weapons-grade douche company. See, and this is, this is without identity politics. This is normal-level bullshit for employers. Can you imagine when we add the extra icing layer of bullshit? With black woman, lesbian, vagina shit on top of it. Can you imagine? All right. <clears throat> link below is linked link to all my books. Also link below is a link to all my courses offered through Teachable, which I conveniently call Courses for Getting Your Financial Shit Together. Link below. Only two of which are open, The Dad You Never Had and Achieving Financial Excellence. The Minimalism course I think I'll be opening later on this month. Link below is also my Amazon affiliate link. If you would kindly go there, bookmark it, or you could just go olderbrother.com slash donate, click on the Amazon banner there, and do all, not some, all your Amazon shopping till you're dead, and I will get 5% commission on all your purchases, but you don't pay anything extra. Aaron, do you, do you know whether or not I buy uh, the 12-inch black dildo? No, I do not. I don't know your name. I don't know what you buy. And I don't care. I got shit to do. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so if you kindly would, it, it's a way to help me out without costing you any money. What else is linked below? Oh, and also linked is a link to my subscribe star account where I have the, um, the uh, what's it called? The Why is this, why is this not working? There we go. Uh, link to my subscribe star where I have the, um, it's like the membership thing. It's very exclusive. It's $2 a month. And um, yeah, you get access to the Road Trip Podcast, the archives there. That's it. I'm out of here. We'll see you guys later. Toodles.